comparisons. Holy, 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 reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. May his blessings be with us all. Amen. Then came the multitudes and went upon a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. We worship you, O Christ, with your good Father and the Holy Spirit. For you have come and saved us, O you who on the sixth day and in the sixth hour was nailed to the cross for the sins which our father Adam there to commit in paradise. There the handwriting of our sins, O Christ our God, and save us. I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. God, hear my prayer, and do not refuse my petition. Be attentive to me, and hear me in the evening, in the morning, and at midday. I say my words, and he hears my voice, and delivers my soul in peace. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O Jesus Christ, our God, who was nailed to the cross in the sixth hour, and killed sin by the tree, and by your death you made alive the dead man whom you created with your own hands, and had died in sin, put to death our pains by your healing and life-giving passions, and by the nails with which you were nailed. Rescue our minds from the thoughtlessness of earthly deeds and worldly lusts to the remembrance of your heavenly commandments according to your compassion. Both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. Since we have no favor, nor excuse, nor justification because of our many sins, we through you implore to him who was born of you, O Theotokos the Virgin, for abundant and acceptable is your intercession with our Savior. O pure mother, do not exclude sinners from your intercession with him whom you bore. For he is merciful and able to save us because he suffered for us to deliver us. Let your compassion speedily reach us, for we are exceedingly humbled. Help us, O God, our Savior, for the glory of your name. O Lord, deliver us and forgive us our sins for the sake of your holy name. Both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. You wrought salvation in the midst of all the earth, O Christ our God, as you stretch your holy hands on the cross. Therefore all nations crowd, saying, Glory be to you, O Lord. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We worship your incorruptible person, O good one, asking for the forgiveness of our sins, O Christ our God. For of your will you were pleased to be lifted up onto the cross to deliver those whom you created from the bondage of the enemy. We cry out unto you and give thanks to you, for you have filled all with joy. O Savior, when you came to help the world, Lord, glory be to you. Both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. You are she who is full of grace. O Theotokos, the virgin, we praise you, for through the cross of your son, Hades fell down and death with abolish. We were dead, but we are raised and became worthy of the eternal life and gained the light of the first paradise. Therefore, we thankfully glorify the immortal Christ, our God. We exalt you, the mother of the true light. We glorify you, O Saint Theotokos, for you have brought forth unto us of the whole world. You came and saved our souls. Glory be to you, our master, our king, Christ, the pride of the apostles, the crown of the martyrs, the joy of the righteous, the firmness of the churches, the forgiveness of sins. We proclaim the holy trinity in one Godhead. We worship him, we glorify him. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, bless us, amen. We believe in one God, God the Father, the Pontificator, creator of heaven and earth and of all things seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages, light of light, true God of true God, begotten not created, a essence with the Father, by whom all things are made, who for us men, for our salvation, came now from <coughs> the Virgin Mary and became man. And he was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate, suffered and was buried. On the third day he rose from the dead, according to the scriptures, ascended to the heavens, he sits at the right hand of his Father, he is coming again in his glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. 
Yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, with the Father and the Son's worship and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We confess one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. Amen. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Holy, holy, holy Lord of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory and honor. Have mercy on us, O God, the Father, the Pantocrator. O Holy, Holy Trinity, Trinity, have mercy, mercy on, us. on us. O Lord God of hosts, be with us. For we, we have no helper in our hearts and tribulations but you. you. Absolve, forgive, and remit, O God, our transgressions, those which we have committed willingly and those which we have committed unwillingly, those which we have committed knowingly, those which we have committed unknowingly, the hidden and manifest. O Lord, forgive us for the sake of your holy name, which is called upon us. Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, peace and edification be unto the one only holy Catholic and apostolic Church of God. Amen. Remember, O Lord, those are brought unto these gifts, those on whose behalf they have been brought, and those by whom they have been brought. Give them all the heavenly reward. and be glad in it. O Lord, save us, O Lord, straighten our ways. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, blessed be God the Father, the Pantocrator. Amen. Blessed
Blessed be his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. forever. Amen. Praise the Lord, all the nations. Madam, all your people, for his mercy has been strengthened toward us. And the truth of the Lord abides forever. Amen. Alleluia. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. Let us give thanks to the beneficent and merciful God, the Father of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, for he has covered us, helped us, guarded us, accepted us to himself, spared us, supported us, and has brought us to this hour. Let us also ask him, the Lord our God, the Bantukrator, to guard us in all peace this holy day and all the days of our lives. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. O Master, Lord God, the Bantukrator, the Father of our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for everything, concerning everything and in everything, for you have covered us, helped us, guarded us, accepted us to yourself, spared us, supported us, and have brought us to this hour. Pray that God may have mercy and compassion on us, hear us, help us, and accept the supplications and prayers of the saints, for that which is good on our behalf at all times, and make us worthy to partake of, his whole, of, of the communion of his holy and blessed mysteries. For the remission of our sins. Lord, have mercy. Therefore, we ask and entreat your goodness, O lover of mankind, grant us to complete this holy day and all the days of our life and all peace with your fear. All envy, all temptation, all the work of Satan, the counsel of wicked men, and the rising up of enemies hidden and manifest. Take them away from us and from all your people and from this priestly table and from this holy place that is yours. But those things which are good and profitable do provide for us, for it is you have given us the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and upon all the power of the enemy. servants, the ministers of this day, the priests, the archdeacon, the deacons, the clergy, and all the people, my weak self, be absolved from the mouth of the all-holy trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
from the mouth of the one only holy Catholic and apostolic church and from the mouths of the 12 apostles and from the mouth of the beholder of God, the evangelist, St. Mark, the holy apostle and martyr, the patriarch, St. Severus, our teacher, Dioscorus, St. Athanasius, the apostolic, St. Peter, the holy martyr and high priest, St. John Chrysostom, St. Cyril, St. Basil, and St. Gregory, from the mouths of the 318 assembled at Nicaea, the 150 at Constantinople, and the 200 at Ephesus, from the mouth of our honor, Father, the high priest, Pope Abba Tawadros II, from the mouth of his partner, the apostolic liturgy, our Father, the Metropolitan, Abba Srabion, and from my own mouth being the least, but blessed and full of glory is your holy name, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of all ages. Amen. Intercessions of the Holy Archangel Gabriel, the herald of glad tidings. O Lord, grant us the forgiveness of our sins. of the kinsmen of Emmanuel, John, the son of Zacharias, O Lord, grant us the forgiveness of our sins. Through the prayers of the priest Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, O Lord, grant us the forgiveness of sin. Through the prayers of my lords and fathers, the apostles, and the rest of the disciples, O Lord, grant us the forgiveness of our sins. Through the prayers of the blessed saints, our teacher, Paul the Apostle, O Lord, the forgiveness of our sins.
us the forgiveness of our sins. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the re resurrection from the dead, through, through whom we re have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the world, of the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if, by some means, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I might impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as, in, as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The grace of God, the Father, be with you all. Amen. Castle Fifth, the Catholic Epistle from the Epistle of our Teacher Saint James, has blessing upon us. Amen, my beloved. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltion, 
but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers with the grass. Its flower wall falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been proved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Do not love the world nor the things which are in the world. The world shall pass away in its all desires, but he who does the will of God shall abide forever. Amen. their holy blessings be with us all. Amen. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is, not, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall perceive, receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot. James the son of Alphaeus and, si 
and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The word of the Lord shall grow, multiply, be mighty, and be confirmed in the holy church of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third day of the blessed month of Kiak. May the Lord begin it for us in goodness and renew it for us in peace and tranquility while our sins and iniquities are forgiven through the tender mercies of our Lord. O all my fathers and my brethren, amen. On this day we commemorate the entrance of our Holy Lady, the Virgin St. Mary the Theotokos, into the temple when she was three years old, for she was dedicated to God. Her mother Anna was childless. The women who were in the temple stayed, with, stayed away from her. She was exceedingly sad, and so was her husband, Joachim, who was a blessed old man. She prayed to God fervently and with a contrite heart, saying, If you give me a fruit, I will devote the child to your holy temple. God answered her prayers, and she brought forth this pure saint and called her Mary. She reared her for three years, after which she took her to live with the virgins in the temple. St. Mary dwelt in the sanctuary for 12 years. She received her food from the hands of the angels until the time when our Lord Christ came into the world and was incarnated through her, the elect of all women. When she had completed 12 years in the sanctuary, the priests took counsel together concerning her, so they might entrust her to someone who would protect her, for she was consecrated to God, and they were not allowed to keep her in the temple after this age. They decided that she be engaged to a man who could take care of her and, would, and who would look after her. They gathered 12 righteous men from the house of David of the tribe of Judas that they might place her with one of them. They took their staffs inside the sanctuary, and a dove flew up and stood on the staff belonging to Joseph, the carpenter, who was a righteous man. They knew that this was God's will. Joseph, Joseph took the Holy Virgin St. Mary, and she dwelt with him until Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, came to her and announced to her that the Son of God was to be incarnated from her for the salvation of Adam and his posterity. The intercessions be with us, and glory be to God forever. Amen. Holy, mighty, holy, immortal, who was born of the Virgin, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy, mighty, holy, immortal, who was crucified for us, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy, mighty, holy, immortal, who rose from the dead and ascended into the heaven, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen, O Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. And when your spirit, oh, Master Lord Jesus Christ, our God, who said to his saintly honored disciples and his holy apostles, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which you see and have not seen them and to hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. But as for you, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. May we be worthy to hear and act according to your holy gospels through the prayers of your saints. Pray for the holy gospels. Remember also our Master, all those who have bidden us to remember them in our supplications and prayers, which we offer up unto you, O Lord our God. Those who have already fallen asleep, repose them. Those who are sick, heal them. For you are the life of us all, the salvation of us all, the hope of us all, the healing of us all, and the resurrection of us all. The Psalm of David. Oh, 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 o
mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the seta. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. Bless, O Lord, a reading from the gospel according to our teacher, St. Luke. Glory to you. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he was in the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived, <clears throat> and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, 
for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus says the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Um, today is the first Sunday of Kek. As uh, you all know, that there are four Sundays uh, in Kek, and then we have the Feast of Nativity. Uh, and each of the, the fasts has a specific purpose in the church. Um, they're not all the same. Um, the Fast of the Apostles is a time when we forget ourselves and we think about service. Uh, the fast of St. Mary is a time when we forget ourselves and we think about the virtues of St. Mary. And the fast of the Lent is a time when we forget about ourselves and we think about repentance. And the fast of the Nativity is a time when we forget about ourselves and we think about the incarnation of Christ and the wonder of what he did. Um, and during these four weeks, we pretty much read just the chapter, the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. So the first, today we read the first, I think, 20 six verses or so, uh, and then every week we read about 25 verses from the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, and we just finish basically that first chapter. Um, today was the Annunciation of, of John the Baptist uh, to Zechariah. Uh, next week is the Annunciation of, uh, by G Angel Gabriel to St. Mary. The week after that is the visit of St. Mary to Elizabeth. The week after that is the birth of St. John, and then the week after that is the birth of Christ. So that's kind of the order of the, of the month. And of course, I encourage you to attend. Uh, last night, we had uh, beautiful kiach uh, praises. We do them every Saturday night. Um, and some of the hymns that are said are really deep and profound. Uh, and I encourage you to attend them. Um, as some of them are just extremely beautiful and, and very thought-provoking. Um, there is a book um, that just came out uh, by Father Matthew. And the, the title of the book was just beautiful. I, I saw it flash across my screen. Someone sent it out on a chat. And the, the title is Love Took Flesh. And as soon as I saw that title, I, I, just, I just felt like that was such a nice title to whatever book it was. Um, and it's, of course, by, by Father Matthew, who I love. Um, and he writes in the book, it's God's day and not a human day. One can say that the joy of the nativity is equal to the joy of a thousand years of human joys if they, were if they were to be combined together without sadness. And I love that this is the concept. It's a concept of joy. And I love that in the, in the West, uh, here in the United States, there is a lot of joy around Christmas. There's bells, there's lights, there's Christmas lights, there's all kinds of festivities, there's a whole genre of songs that come out just for this time. There's decorations. It's just this, this feeling uh, of joy that comes about for this period of nativity. And yeah, sure, it's a little bit too materialistic, and I don't know what reindeer have to do with anything, but um, you know, there's other aspects that aren't great, but the, the, the joy that you feel in this season um, is palpable, and it's nice. There's an old American hymn that says, uh, proclaims joy to the world. The Lord is come, let earth receive her king. And it's that, that, that joy. Um, and that last line, and heaven and nature sing. Heaven and nature sing. And this echoes what, what one of the spiritual fathers writes. He writes, heaven rejoiced at the nativity. For the first time in the life of all creation, the events of the earth became a joy for the heavenly ones. Because of the greatness and universality of joy, the angels came out of their eternal silence and shared with us their joy and revealed this wonderful news. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And I love this, this thought. The angels came out of their silence. This was such a big day 
that the, that the heavens that had been silent for so long opened up and declared. And it's like the world and the heaven couldn't sit still at such an event. It was really a truly remarkable day. And it should be one that fills us, us with joy and inspiration. And so this is, this is what we celebrate. This is what we celebrate over the month of Kiek and over Christmas. We celebrate the fact that the word of God took flesh, right? And this is what the word incarnation means, by the way. So carn comes, you know, when an animal is carnivorous, that means it eats meat, it eats flesh. Chili con carne is chili with meat, right? Chili sin carne is chili without meat. All right, when Andrew's rubbing off on me. But um, the, the idea is that this is when the word took flesh and came and dwelt among us. And I want to think about something that happened last week. Peter spoke to Christ. It was the, it was the story of the rich man. And he, he turned to Christ and he said, we've left everything to follow you. And that line really just strikes me. Who says that? Who says that? We have left all to follow you. I mean, would you ever say that to a priest? Could a, could a priest ever say that to the pope? It just doesn't fit, right? It's, it's just, I mean, would you, would, you, would you ever say that to anyone? I've left all to follow you. And it, it just makes you think, how approachable was Christ? He was just one of the guys. That, that Peter could turn him and say that. And how simple was he? And how easy was he to talk to? He came and he made himself like us, just like a guy. And not just a human, but a simple human, a homeless human, an accessible homeless human. And so he brought himself from, from God to a simplicity where just some guy, Peter, could just say, hey, we've left everything. And, and every once in a while in the Gospels, you hear these just little cracks that the apostles make every once in a while at Christ. And you're like, really? You're going to speak to him like that? But they did. And so it just makes me think, what was he like? That they could just talk to him like that. St. Macarius kind of echoes this. He says, the infinite, inaccessible, an uncreated God assumed a body, and on account of his immense and ineffable kindness, if I, may say, if I may so say it, he diminished himself, lessening his inaccessible glory so as to be united with his visible creatures, us, as with the souls of the saints and angels, so they could be partakers of the divine life. So the inaccessible, the uncreated, the infinite took a body and became accessible and simple and easy to talk to. And so this incarnation, Christ taking flesh, it's this instrument that God uses to reveal his love to us. It's really quite remarkable. And this is the real point of Christianity, and it's the real point of the incarnation. It's not, it's not to separate us, it's to bring us together. It's to put us united with him and united with one another. I put it somewhere else and then I want to, now I'll find it. And so the theologians talk about this uh, exchange formula that Christ came in the incarnation. In the Friday Theotokeia, he sa we say he took what is ours and gave us what is his. And that's exactly what Christ did. He came and he took our weakness and he gave us strength. He took our flesh and he gave us Holy Spirit. He took our poverty and he gave us riches. And he came to clothe us with his nature, right? And so when we think about what's the point of the incarnation, I imagine sometimes if I had a son and God forbid he was kidnapped and he was kidnapped by some not so good people. So I have my four or five year old son and he's living in a den of terrorists and it's killing me because I can't raise him I can't teach him I can't talk to him I don't know what those people are telling him and how they're forming him and so what's the solution of this father 
Well, he could try several things. He'd call the embassy. He could try to do some military coup. But he doesn't do that. What does the father do? Instead, he says, I want to go, and I'm going to dress up like a terrorist, and I'm going to infiltrate this camp. I'm going to walk into that place where my son is, and I'm just going to live there. And I'm going to live silently, incognito. No one's going to know who I am. And I'm just going to get close to my son, and then I'm going to talk to him. And I'm going to show him who his dad is. And I'm going to teach him to be like his father. And how am I going to do that? I'm just going to stand side by side with him. And this is ultimately what the incarnation is. We were, we were meant to be raised in our father's home. And before we had a chance, we were snatched and taken away. And so Christ says, I'm going to go down and I'm going to teach them about me. I'm going to show them my image. I want them to reflect me and I'm going to do it by living with them and by talking with them and by loving them. And so this is, this is where the image and likeness come in. Right? We all know we're created in the image and likeness of God. We all have God's image. We got it when we were born. Right? Just like a baby is born and looks like its mom or its dad. It has its dad's fingers and its mom's eyes. But likeness takes a while. Right? You have to raise a child to give it likeness. Right, so that the son or the daughter starts to talk like you and think like you and make jokes like you. Right? That takes years before that happens. And those, this is what we're working on, and this is what Christ came to give us, his likeness. And so St. John Chrysostom says this. He says, he that sits at the right hand of the Father, he was willing to become our brother in all things. For this reason, he left the angels and came down to us. So that's it. He left the angels and he came down to us. And this is the hymn, by the way, that we say in Palm Sunday all the time, right? He who sits above the cherubim came down and rode on a donkey. And so this notion of being approachable is very consistent in the fathers. Be approachable. And this is what Christ did. Um, a, few years, a few years ago, some of us went to uh, an Eastern Orthodox conference. There's a, a monk there named Abbot Trifon. Uh, he was giving a, a talk here in Costa Mesa on the Incarnation. So about seven or eight years ago, so a bunch of us from St. Paul's went to go listen to him. He's a pretty famous guy. And some of you may remember, he was supposed to talk about the Incarnation. And all he did is tell stories. He told stories about really nice people and about things that had happened where God touched a person. And I remember I actually heard that some of the conference organizers were a little perturbed. They're like, you know, you just told a bunch of stories. You couldn't give us some theological discourse about the incarnation and about the depth. And, and his response was, this is how I show the incarnation. This is how you teach the incarnation. God comes down and touches man. And it's that connection that is the incarnation. It's that descending. It's that giving up of glory and being humiliated and humbled. So someone the other day told me about a really great book called A Spring in Sinai. I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's about this priest who was a Coptic priest who was martyred in 2013 by Islamic fundamentalists. His name is Father Amina Aboud Sherobim. And the book is really great. It's on Amazon and Kindle, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's, it's just it's an amazing story and full of um, so many miracles that happened around this young priest's martyrdom, martyrdom. He was a priest for like a year and a half, and he was amazing. But there's one story that stood out that just kind of reminded me of this point. His wife says, she explained how Abuna Mina connected with the people he served, and she said, Father Mina was unique in that he knew how to talk to everyone in the language they were most comfortable with. He related with everyone. Upper Egyptians, Saida, have a unique dialect as compared to people in Cairo. And whenever Father Mina sat with an Upper Egyptian, he'd switch his dialect and speak like them. With the youth, he'd joke and tease and laugh and speak to them in the way they liked. In this manner, he was able to win everyone over and was loved by all. I love that story. When he would sit with someone from the Said, 
he would switch his dialect because he wanted to be so approachable. He wanted to be just like that person. As St. Paul says to the Greek, I become a Greek, and to the slave, I become a slave. And isn't this what the incarnation is? Christ says, I want to come down and be just like you. And this is what we say in the Gregorian liturgy. You became for us a mediator with the Father and the middle wall of division you have broken down and the old enmity you have abolished. You reconciled the earth and the heavens and made the two into one. So this is for us the incarnation and that's exactly what the angels chanted, right? What did they say to the shepherds the night of the, the birth of Christ? Glory to God in the highest. Huh? Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. It's that peace and that reconciliation that comes together. So I want to end on this final point. So sometimes people ask us at work, at school, wherever, why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? And this is something, by the way, our parents didn't have to answer. Because in Egypt, right, if you're not a Christian, you're Muslim, right? And I'm not going to be Muslim. So no one ever asks that question in Egypt, right? There's, there's only one answer. I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to be a Christian. They're the enemy. But in the United States, we get asked this question a lot, right? Because there's all kinds of faiths here, and there's agnostics, and there's atheists, and there's Hindus and Buddhists, and everything else in between. And it's one, a very simple question that sometimes we just can't even answer. Why are you a Christian? And the worst thing you can possibly say, and the weakest answer you can give is, I was born into it. Or this is, this is who I am. Or my fathers are like this and my forefathers are like this, so this is what I am. I'm a Christian. It's not a good answer. And it's not one that's going to stand the test of time for you personally. Because there will be a time when you will be tried and pushed. And you'll have to really answer that question, am I a Christian? Why am I a Christian? St. Peter tells us, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have in you. But do this with gentleness and respect. So maybe saying, I was born this way is okay when I'm little, when I'm a little kid, I can say, yeah, this is what my parents made me do. They forced me to come to church. But at, I hope at some point as adults, we make a switch. And we say, I'm not just going to do this because my parents forced me, obviously. I'm not going to do this because the community expects me to. I'm not going to do this because I'm embarrassed not to and I don't want to be a heathen. But I want to do this for me. I want to do this because I have an, a reason for the faith and the hope that's in me. And for me, I am Christian because I have the most loving and thoughtful God. If I, if I did compare the depiction of God across different religions, and I just made a chart of all the different religions and how they depict God, and the way God perceives me in those religions, and the way I perceive God, I honestly would say I think I have the best God on the list. Why? Because I believe that I would pick my God because he is a God that is all love. He's not a God that's loving. He's a God that is love. And there is no other religion that says God is love. I have a God that is with me and not against me. This God isn't sitting there waiting for me to fail. He isn't, he's waiting for me to succeed. And he wants to carry me to success. I don't want a God that I worship because I'm afraid of a stick or his punishment or his wrath. If that's the case, then let's avoid that God. And by the way, many atheists avoid that God for that very reason. They're not interested in a God who walks around with a stick waiting to, to hit you if you mess up. Can you imagine a God who is standing behind you with a knife and says, if you don't listen to what I say, I'm going to stab you eternally. Can you imagine that kind of God? And then if you you know, you, you may listen to that God, and you may obey that God, and you may fear that God. But if that God ever said to me, ever said to you, now I want you to love me, you're not going to love them, right? There's no way you're going to love that God, 
I mean, you may fear the God, and you may say you love them, but you actually just love yourself, right? Because I don't want to get stabbed eternally. And so that can't be the God that I want to be any part of. So my God isn't waiting for me to worship him and to bow to him and make requests to him. He is waiting to give me such that my cup runneth over. He wants to give me, as the, as the epistle said today, liberally. In Arabic, with sakhet, just runneth over. He loves me even if I deny him, if I hate him, if I turn my back on him, if I spit on him. Look at the father and the prodigal son. What kind of love did he have for a son that turned his back on him and everything he stood for? Today in the gospel, we just read that uh, the angel told Zechariah to name him John. In, in Greek, John is Yohannin, or in, in Arabic, Yohanna. Um, and that literally means God is merciful. Allah Hanna. And the reason it was so weird is that no one had ever taken that name before. And they even said, no one has ever been named John before. That concept, God is merciful, isn't really the concept. And so let's take the, gospel, the, the, the month of Kiak to ponder this. Let's take this time of the fast to think about this God, this God that is all love. What kind of God is this? Maybe we take five minutes a day and just think about it. And one of the issues that, by the way, Islam has with Christianity isn't so much about Jesus, uh, whether or not he is God, but what kind of God is the Father? What kind of God would that be that would come down to earth? And that does not follow with their depiction of the almighty, all-powerful, vengeful God. That, some, that God would come to earth and be humiliated, treated, forgive me, like an animal, born in a manger with animals, beaten and spit upon like an animal. That doesn't fit their concept of God. And that's the real problem they have. And our God is that humble, right? And has that kind of humility and that kind of love and that kind of sacrificial nature what kind of God would come down and humiliate themselves like that at the hands of their own creation? And so my God is the only one that comes down to the level that I can understand, to my level. The other religions have a God who's detached. He's in heaven. He's doing things. My God went out of his way to come down to my level so that I can comprehend him, and I can understand him, and I can see him. He's not a, guy that, a God that's so high in the sky, beyond knowledge, beyond comprehension, something we don't know anything about, something the philosophers get together and talk about and debate and have you know, philosophical discussions about the concept of God and what he must be like, and let's infer this, and let's infer that, and figure this. He cut to the chase and said, here I am. This is what I am. So I don't want a God who's in a set of ideas or equations. I go on a God I can live with, a God I can relate to, a God that's tangible, that allows me to have a personal understanding at my own level of who he is. And isn't this what the gospel says? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So God is saying, Christ is saying, I came down and I'm revealing to you the Father and my Father is very humble. So I want to know that God loves me. I want to know that he thinks about me and I want to know how he feels about me. I want to know how this God thinks. So as long as God is up in the sky, I can't know him. I can't see him. I can't feel his presence. And then to boot, this God that came down didn't appear as a king or an emperor or a dictator. He didn't have absolute power and authority, but he came as a broken man in every sense of the word, a broken man, one that's homeless, one that's struggling, 
one that's persecuted, one that's cursed, one that was incorrectly and unjustly judged. He came with all the characteristics because there are many times in my life when I'm struggling and I'm persecuted and I'm cursed and I'm unjustly judged. And that's really the only solution that's beautiful and that makes sense. I want to know who it is I'm worshiping. St. John in an epistle said, that, from, that which was from the beginning which we have seen, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at and our own hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of God. So it's not this concept in the sky. So during the season of Nativity and Christmas, I pick Christianity because it presents a God that is good, a God that is approachable, a God that is close to me, a God who has sacrificed and felt all the things I felt, who came down to me, who feels my pain, such that when I tell God I'm tired, he understands. When I tell him I'm hurt, he gets it. When I tell him I'm sad, he understands. Even when I tell him Satan is tempting me beyond what I can handle, he can say, I understand that as well. I've been there. I've been there with you through all of it. I don't want the God that creates the world and throws me into it and leaves me to struggle without any compassion or sympathy for my strife. Thus, this period of nativity, may God give it to us and give us blessing throughout, is a time for us to reflect on why we are Christians. And this, this birth is it. This birth, this condescension of love, this humility, this humiliation, this almost embarrassment is why we are Christians. So I hope that during this, up till the feast, we take a few minutes a day, three or four minutes, and just ponder the phrase, love took flesh, and showed us the true God that we worship, and glory be to God forever, amen. We send you greetings with Gabriel, the angel saying hail to you, O full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed be the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the perfect.